Welcome back to another episode. I am Sticks. This is my best friend and co-host Dilo, and we are Too Complex. We got some really good topics for y'all today, man. But first, let's do the YouTube thing. Make sure you hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, and also that notification bell so you miss none of these bangers that we bring y'all every single week. Yes, sir. But man, but man, D-Lo, we back with another episode, man. How was your past week, we bro? Back. We back. Past week was good. Weekend was even better. Um, so as I always, spent time with the family. But, mm-hmm. you know, had mm-hmm. the weekend to spend with the extended family. Got to celebrate love this weekend. My best, one of my um, college teammates, I was a part of his wedding. And it was a beautiful event shared with two beautiful individuals celebrate their union. Uh, and the people that were there with them, standing beside them, uh, part of their wedding party, are a great representation of who they are. All of those individuals were beautiful as well. So I met some some new friends, got a chance to catch up with old friends, but really it was all about them this weekend. So I want to shout out to shout out my dog E Gas, the man of the weekend, my dog for life, and also the newly T Gas. Uh, you looked amazing, and uh, you got a new brother in me. So hope y'all. Have a and continue to enjoy your weekend this weekend. But you know, your life moving forward is filled with nothing but love and um, ups and downs. And as you, as Big Gas said, if it has to be continual ups and downs, you know where it needs to be. Exactly, man. Congratulations to y'all, man. I don't know you personally, but of course, on this side, man, congratulations, man. It's a beautiful union and nothing but love and prosperity to move forward, my G. Nothing but love. Yeah, and man. But how about you? How was your, your last week and everything? Man, my last week was filled with that coding class I told you I was starting this past week. But man, it's it's fun, bro. Like it's very thought provoking being in this class. And you know, because you've been you you went through some coding classes yourself, or you know, kind of self taught yeah. yourself a little bit. So it's like, yeah, it's so rewarding whenever you write all that code on that screen, and it don't work. But once you figure out why it don't work. And that joint pop up perfectly. It's like, let's go, bro. Like, it's so like it's so rewarding to see your work and all of that syntax that you have on the screen come up on coming to something beautiful as far as like a web page or a portfolio or whatever you're building. It is so rewarding. So I'm engulfed in that right now, doing that pretty much full time, um, basically like eight to 10 hours a day. Uh, And I take my weekends also that way I can make sure that I'm spending time with Sam spending time, you know, doing the podcast, making sure we got that under wraps. But it is it has been a it's been an eventful week, man. And I'm I'm so excited to move forward with it, bro. Should should be done in September. August, end of August, beginning of September time. So that way I can get yep. into the coding into the coding universe as far as like my new my next career moving forward. So it's gonna be dope, bro. It's gonna be dope. I'm yeah. excited about it. I'm excited about it. Well, well best of luck to you for continuing to do that and moving forward. I know it'll be a challenge. Right now, you said you're doing HTML and CSS, right? You, HTML you and CSS. Yet, or how long is that? Are you going to be on that? Um, well, so I'm I'm down to month tomorrow. I'm going to do the last uh, section in this HTML and CSS portion of it. Um, and then I yeah. move on to JavaScript after that. They were saying it was okay. going to take me a month to finish this part, this portion of the class, but I finished it in six days. Yeah, so, the, the HTML stuff, man, um, is not that difficult. Uh, CSS is not that difficult, too, but... I, just remember this with, with that first part of it coding in general coding you can always continue to learn as you go so if it's something that you forget mm-hmm. you can go back online and, and look it up and just implement where you need it to be um, but sure. yeah that, that that first part to me anyway 
the HTML and the CSS was the easy part. The JavaScript mm-hmm. is where it starts to get, you actually feel like you're actually coding um, mm-hmm. and you have to put more thought into the, the processes and the syntax and all the stuff that you're putting on the screen and where stuff needs to go. But yeah, like you said, it, it is rewarding when you see it actually, you all the work that you put together, it actually works and does what you want it to do. That is very rewarding. So it's, it's pretty fire. It's pretty fire. But on, on, on to the episode, man. So we got a couple of smaller little uh, little things we wanted to talk about to start to start off the day, man. Uh, first of all, we want to give our condolences to the Brown family. Jim Brown, one of the greatest running backs of all time, passed away this week. The legend passed away this week at the age of 87, man. So we want to definitely shout him out uh, starting out the day, man. One of the, like I said, one of the greatest running backs of all time. I didn't personally know, and I and I and I learned this in my research that he retired after his ninth year, and he was at the peak of his career. At the and peak he had, of his career, and just won his second MVP of the league and a Russian mm-hmm. title, and retired. I didn't. I didn't personally know that. I know he had a short career, but I didn't know to the extent of how short it was and the reasons why he left. Um, yeah. Being a being a, a, a social activist and fighting for rights and wanted to pursue his acting career and man like Jim Brown was although we had of course everybody has their transgressions they have their setbacks you know and that's every human mm-hmm. being we're human we don't we're not perfect but for the re- the reason why he left his career in the NFL which was a prosperous in- career in the NFL to right. to fight for equal rights and just his, his his civil his civic duties that he did with within this country not only just the state of cleveland but the country itself was amazing man so shout out to jim brown may you rest in paradise may you rest in peace man and you were one of the greatest of all time man for sure 100 percent. legends never die bro uh we, we definitely lost a, a legend in jim brown like you said died at 87 so i too want to send my condolences to the brown family and all of those that mourn him that mm-hmm. you know were fans of jim brown or just respected what he did as a a man, um, not only a football player, not only an actor, but also an activist and, and with the civil yes, rights. Because he was he was a running back in the NFL at the height of the civil rights movement, um, and he was doing things while he was playing to push forward the not only the black race but this country and and coming together. Now it seems like some things are you know busting at the seams and falling apart right now. But, you know, that's nothing to do with him and what he and those in that time had to, you know, were doing to to help us to get to where we are now. So I, too, want to, you know, send out my condolences to the the Brown family. But I want to acknowledge that the impact that Jim Brown and those athletes of that time had on where we are now will never be forgotten. And legends never die. Legends never die, man. Rest in peace, Jim Brown, bro. No. All right, so what else we got? We got to talk about the weekend and his, or I, I want to say ordeal, but is it really an ordeal that he's going through right now? With uh, he said he's going through a, he's reverting back to his birth name, and mm-hmm. he is going through a cathartic. Is that how you said cathartic? Going time? down a cathartic path. That's what he yeah, said yeah. on social media. So he's already changed his name on social media to his birth name, um, but what he was meaning was because his birth name is Abel Mackinnon. Tesfe, Tes, uh, uh, mm. the last name I, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. It might be Tesfe or Tesfe. Tesfe. Yeah. So he already went back to his um, to his birth name on his social media. 
but he was just saying that he was going down a cathartic path, meaning like he was going down like a little bit of a dark path within his career as the weekend, you know, and, and a, a lot of mega stars go through that, you know, they go through their, their fights with addiction and things of that nature. So he said in, in, in an article that I did read about why he said that is that he's trying to put that part of his life behind him. So that way he can start anew. He said his next album that he's going to make is going to be the last installment of the weekend, and he's going to move forward as able. Um, and that's and that's compliments to him, man, because not a lot of people really catch their mental health up front. Some people mm-hmm. let it get to a to a point where they can't handle it. R.I.P. Twitch, and they just kind of let go and you know self delete in, in in a sense. But shout out to the weekend for catching that early, so that way he doesn't get to that point. And realize that that cathartic path can lead to a, a deep, deep depression and a, in, a, in, a, in a suffering that he doesn't want to go through. Um, so shout out to him for do, for doing that. But he said he's going to kill the weekend, not te- not not in literal sense, but he's going to kill right. that part of his life and move on as able and continue his prosperous career because he has a lot of hits and he's one of the he's one of the biggest. He set Guinness Book of World Records. I don't know if you knew that, but he set a couple of Guinness Book of World Records with his music and. Hopefully, he can continue to do that as able. Well, I mean, my question is, and yeah, I, first, before I say what I'm going to say uh, or ask what I'm going to ask is, yeah, I'm glad he's able to catch this dark path that he, you know, before he goes into that dark path, he's able to, you know, take a step back and, you know, reevaluate everything that, that's going on with him. And, um, you know, we, we all know and we've discussed multiple times on this podcast the different, uh, the, mental health can, you know, how mental health can take its effect on stars or anybody in general, but mm-hmm. it seemed to have taken a toll on a lot of entertainers, uh, both celebrities and athletes, athletes um, yeah. nowadays. And, you know, it's money can't protect you from mental health issues. Fame can't protect you from mental health issues. So it, it really just seems like nowadays people are really tuned into their mental health and really focusing on them and um, not really caring what, that means for them down the line. And when I say that, and it kind of leads into my question is what does him no longer going under the acronym or the, the, the name stage name, the weekend, what does that mean for him as a business, his money, the, the actual songs that he's wrote and done under the weekend? Does he now, you know, does he no longer have access to that info, to that IP, that intellectual property, or can he also move that with him as he reverts back to his birth name, or you know, does he now have ownership of all of that information now, all of that stuff now that he'll be able? And that's his name, right? Able, right? Yeah, able. No pun intended. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, no point. No pun intended. As he'll be, as he feel able moving forward, we have access to what he does from that point on, and that would be his, and not the studio or the companies that he worked for, the the record labels he works for. Do you know? Uh, I'm not. I'm not particularly sure as far as how that works out. As far as his, you know, as his, what he could do with his music moving forward. But I, I, I look at it like this. And just to answer your question, I look at it like um, P. Diddy moving from P. Diddy to just Diddy. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and I think that's all still going to be his music. And I think he he still has access to it. I think he still has access to that catalog. I don't think it's going to change anything. I think it's honestly just him changing his name. I think people still going to look at him as The Weeknd, but he doesn't want that. He, he 
I think he's looking at the weekend as like a as a thought process, so to speak, yeah. as like his alter ego, if you will, right. for lack of a better phrase. And it's like that alter ego needs to go because it's taking him down a dark path and he doesn't want to go down that path anymore. So I'm looking at it like right. a like a P. Diddy to just Diddy kind of change. He still has his music. It's still his music. It's still his catalog. He still probably owns, you know, most of his um, masters for that music. But I, I, I think, think it's just honestly just a name change. I'm not 100 sure. I didn't look yeah. into that. I just kind of looked into the 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 mental health part portion of it. Right, right. But yeah. I think he. I think I think it's just looking at it as like a like a name change, like a a little from a little Wayne to just Wayne type of thing. Like you know what I'm saying, or like a yeah. Diddy to just Diddy. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I can see that. My only thing is with Diddy. Um, and well, with Diddy, I'll start with Diddy first, and then I will move to Wayne because uh, you mentioned both of them. The only mm. thing with Diddy is Diddy owned bad boy and so mm-hmm, true pretty much everything that he put out was belonged to bad boy but because he owned it it also belonged to him it also belonged to him true. um so the name change really wouldn't affect him so much uh, unless he behind closed doors is underneath another record label and he's just bad boy which i think he was but he still owned whatever percentage of bad boy so mm-hmm. and then for little wayne as we saw he did change his name but we had to wait for the Carter Five to come out for I don't know how long because he was getting waiting to get money from Baby or he was trying to get back pay or something like that from Baby for all of the music that he did. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean I, that that's I mean I'm not taking away from the mental health aspect of it. Right. I, no, I for sure. People are no longer caring about the money, the fame. They're most concerned with their their mental health and being here, mm-hmm. their physical health as well. And so I, I kudos to the weekend. Before catching this before it got too far down the road before he got too deep into that darkness to come back out to see the light um but it was just something that popped in my head as i was researching it's like what does this mean now that he's changing his name because i know there's a it will be some type of ramification for him no longer being the weekend and now moving to his government name or his birth name for sure it, it, it may it may be but like we said shout out to him taking your mental health seriously because you know Men are a lot more. They're, they're like like we talked about when we talked about Twitch and when we talked about John Wall uh, back, you know, back a few episodes back. How we're we're taught to be so strong and not to show so much emotion and not to cry and get up and wipe it off. And we taught that we're meant to be such powerful beings in in this world that we can forget that our mental health is a is an important factor to us moving forward in our in our life in general. So shout out to the weekend man for for looking into that and taking that very very seriously. Yeah. All right, man, so Rick Ross on Drink Champs claims that him, Drake, and Jay-Z are in the two percentile when it comes to writers that can hear a beat and rap on spot. What you think, D-Lo? What you think? What you think? I mean, listen, it's Ross's opinion, right? Yeah, for sure. I think it's widely known that Jay-Z is one of the the individuals that doesn't write down his rhymes and that he can create songs or raps within minutes, you know, at most hours and give you, a, if not a classic, you know, give you something that you can kind of nod to or thought provoking. Um, I don't think most individuals would put Drake or Rick Ross in this instance. And the reason I say Drake or Rick Ross, like Drake is one of the biggest stars ever when it comes to music. However, He's been intertwined multiple times with a ghostwriting scandal, mm. I'll say. But Allegedly. everybody, right, 
Right. Well, it's not. Well, I don't think it's. It's not a. Le- it's not a. I don't think it's alleged. I think it's yeah. true too. Honestly, yeah, it's yeah. true. But the reason I put the air quotes is because it's a, considered a scandal because of who it is. But if you talk to multiple artists when it comes to creating music, every last one of them will tell you they have a team behind them that ha- helps create their music. Some mm-hmm. have writers, others have producers that they're that they're go tos. And, you know, they have teams behind them. So I don't think Drake is considered in that two percentile. And this is public. This is public opinion, not actual mm-hmm. artist opinion. Right. So that's what right. I'm talking about here. So I don't think Drake would be one of those individuals that the public would think of as, oh, Drake, here's a beat. He just goes in. I don't think that's the case. Mm-hmm. Drake's going Old Drake, you remember, I don't know if you remember, but he pulled out the phone. He had a Blackberry full of ROMs and shit. Maybe that's what mm-hmm. he's talking about. But I don't think he hears it and says, oh, this is what I want to put. He has to go back into his book and figure out what he wants to do. Rick Ross, while Rick Ross is a great artist, mm-hmm. I don't. I also don't think he is thought of as in that two percentile that can say, oh, he heard that and he did that. Man. I don't know. I, it's his opinion. Mm-hmm. He probably knows best than we do about he's what in really the industry, goes on. For sure. yeah. You know, he's in the industry. Probably yeah. he knows what goes on in the studios, what doesn't. We just on from the outside looking in. Um, and you know, he does. He has said in his video, in his songs, um, over a decade in the. He didn't say in the industry, but he said over a decade and still nobody's favorite. So I think at this point in time in his career, where he's moving into more of a businessman, mm-hmm. he's probably looking for a little bit of notoriety and validation yeah validation in the industry that he made most of his money in um by lumping himself with arguably one of the best rappers of all time and arguably the, one of the best artists of all time in mm-hmm. drake so i i can agree with you i can agree with that because whenever i heard when i saw it when i saw the headline and i was the first thing i thought was uh ross Drake. Okay, yeah. so I mean, so I mean, it's like, of course, Jay, Jay, top five dead or alive, right? Right. But I can't, I can't see myself putting Drake or I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Drake fan. So let's let's not get it twisted. I love a lot. Of, I love Drake's music. Loves Drake's mm-hmm. performances. Love 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 Drake's videos. Even though I don't watch music videos as much as I used to, but I think if anybody says they don't like Drake, you know, they're a hater. I, 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 they, they're a hater. They may have their reasons for why they don't like Drake, but ultimately, I'm gonna say they're a hater because he makes good music. It might not be catered to how you want it to be. It might not be hardcore rap, but he makes good music. One hundred percent. That's all we need to say. One hundred percent. But like you said, man, it's one of those things where it's like a lot of people use ghostwriters. I mean, shoot, who, who, whoever thought that Neo wrote a bunch of songs for Beyonce? Come on, like right. You know what I'm saying? So every, a lot of people use ghostwriters, but to be able to just go into the studio, hear a beat and be like, this is what I'm going to say. And roll with it and it be fire every single time. There's not a lot of rappers that can do that. And I don't even think, I mean, if you want to call it a two percentile, I mean, I think it's even smaller than that to keep it a hundred with you that people right. can actually, for people who can actually do that. I would say maybe even Kendrick would be even in that two percentile, but he didn't mention Kendrick. You know what I'm saying? But right. At the same time, with that being said, like he and you mentioned the Blackberry, just like he said in that "Say Was Real" uh, freestyle when on um 
on bank on uh on the on the mixtape. I don't know why I'm I'm um I'm drawing a blank. Oh, so far gone. Yeah. He was like, if you find the Blackberry with the size grow, so that motherfucker the indie rapper that I know, because they need it much more than I ever will. Cause he, he I guess he is kind of kind of kind of hinting towards like I'm one of the realest niggas out. But right. you use Ghost Riders too. So and you yeah. have a team. But it's it's not to say that he's not one of those guys that can do it. But I wouldn't personally, and I think public opinion wouldn't personally put Drake or Rick Ross in that in that instance. But like you said, it's, it's his opinion, and he's also and Rick Ross also said because it was a, it was the, the interview that we're talking about is on Drink Champs, and mm-hmm. it was a portion in there that was like that, that's why I don't have a lot of features on my songs most times because people are 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 scared to come into the studio with me because I'm doing stuff in one take. Right. I'm, I'm doing. I'm, I, I hear the beat and I hear the production and I hear I hear the melody of the song and I can go right now. You know, I can I can put something on paper right now. Or I can go in the booth right now and put something down. And most people can't do that. That's why they don't. That's why they are, are kind of uh, discouraged to come into the studio with me because they know how I. That's how I am. So mm-hmm. I mean, if you say so, my boy. You know, what I'm saying I don't I think mean, you, court of public opinion. I don't think will put you in that two percent. But right. your I, I I admire the confidence one hundred percent because you have to be yeah. that whenever you when you focusing on your craft, you got to be that kind of confident for sure. Yeah, I mean, and he was going in that whole interview. With drink mm-hmm. champs, he was dropping gems. He, uh, was. he was, you know, giving shout outs to individuals. Uh, like I said, he shouted out Jay, he shouted out Wayne, shouted out old school rappers, uh, Public Enemy, um, mm-hmm. and the Quick Time with Slime. You know, he he gave out a shout out to Miami rappers, Florida rappers. So he was just going in. And I think Rick Ross is his, you know, how he business savvy, definitely business savvy. So hundred percent. It's a it's a play behind this somewhere, I believe. That's just how I think nowadays is everything that goes out is a play to some regard that can benefit the individual that said whatever they said or is doing whatever they're doing. Uh, it's not just people don't just say stuff nowadays and not have something behind it. Um True. at least at least in the public. Now, you know, one on one you have those genuine individuals, but they're the, to do it publicly is far and few in between. So, um, and not to say that's not Ross, but in my opinion, again, it was something, it's something behind that and, and why he said what he said um, and why he was saying the stuff that he was saying uh, just in general, business savvy. So I, I think it has something to do with, with his businesses and all of the, all of the interactions that he had with these individuals. Not he definitely respects Jay and Jay's um and <laughs> Jay and Drake. So we'll see what comes out of this mention on Drink Champs. Hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, and then what else we got? We got Gabrielle Union making news for mm-hmm. saying her and D Wade split the bills fifty fifty, um, and she still feels anxiety about being financially secure due to all the responsibilities, which forces her to be a workaholic. Workaholic. How do you feel about Gabrielle's comment, Sticks? It's, it's, it comes, to me, it comes in vain a little bit to mm-hmm. me, to, in, my, in my opinion, because a couple of years back, she was all out and, and in the open on social media doing interviews about how she felt she, she deserved to cheat on her last husband because she mm-hmm. was the breadwinner because she was married. If, if, if none of y'all know, she was married to a dude named Chris Howard. He was in the NFL, um, mm-hmm. but she was the breadwinner in that marriage previously to, uh, to D Wade. And she said that she felt entitled to cheat on him 
because she was the breadwinner. She was paying all the bills. She made all the money. And and at this time, Gabby was in the height of her career, her acting career. So she she very well so could have been the breadwinner. And I, I've I've honestly never heard of Chris Howard. I looked him up and I didn't see too many stats. Um, but at the same time, like to me, loyalty is everything. So I don't want you to feel just because you're paying all the bills in my house, which would never happen in my in my situation. But in the off chance it did. I don't feel like you think I, I don't I don't want you to feel like you're validated or you're entitled to go do what you want to do out there in the streets, because if you in the streets, you for the streets and you can be in the streets. So mm-hmm. but at the same but she but this is the same woman that was talking about that, um, you know, a year or two ago. And now all of a sudden, oh, no, nah, it's 50 50 in my career. Me and D-Wade split these bills. And I'm actually kind of anxious as far as my financial situation, because I'm not in my I'm not in the height of my career anymore. And I have to be a worker hard. I have to do all of these things to be able to equal what D Wade is doing because of his career. Now he's the breadwinner. So it's a little bit different in in my eyes because she flip flops so crazy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And a lot of women don't have a lot of women these days in, in relationships don't have this same thought process of 50 50. They want the man to be the 100 percent breadwinner taking care of everything. And that's how the community that's how relationships and dating is now with the with in modern sense um but the way the world the way of the world right now man is a lot of people a lot a lot of couples have to at least bear some kind of financial responsibility in these relationships or in these marriages because it's i mean you know cost of living is going up everything's expensive and if you just bearing this whole thing on the man this man can get tired so to speak on this thing in these things but that's another that's another situation how do you feel about gabby and what she said i don't have an issue with it i don't um, i don't have an issue with it either i just i just don't like the fact that she kind of flip-flopped in what she said that's what i, I would that's that was my point issue. i don't have yeah. an issue with that either the only problem i have with the the quote-unquote flip-flopping is the the reasoning for or the consequences that she gets to have because she is the breadwinner so to speak or she did pay all the bills in the house that's the only issue i have with it like you said loyalty is everything you can't be loyal to me just because you um you know we have a union or or we are one so to speak or we are um what's the word i'm looking for sticks we Uh, are uh not not polygamous we are um damn why i can't think of it right now Anyway, I'm picking up what you're putting down, though. Yeah, because we have uh, agreed to be mutual to each other. Monogamous. Monogamous, thank you. Uh, Because we have agreed to be mutual to each other, um, just because you bring the most money in the house or you're paying all the bills doesn't mean that you get to cheat on me. If that's the case, then a lot of men that have cheated before are justified in what they have done based off of that logic. So mm-hmm. you, you kind of put yourself into a corner when you say stuff like that. But as far right. as her going back and forth um, with being the breadwinner and then now going 50-50 with D-Wade, I don't have an issue with that. What I do have an issue with is I think society has messed us up um, as, as a whole when it comes to uh, how we are supposed to interact in the relationship, who's supposed to do what, the the role, um, the role, uh damn why well, can't think today we both having issues thinking <laughs> we both having issues thinking today um but know, anyway, right? the gender roles the gender yeah. roles in the um the relationship we're, we're we're stuck on who does what why they do it and you know who wears the pants and whatnot you know what works for you in your relationship won't work for me in my relationship 100%. if i'm happy and if i'm fine with whatever we have agreed to do 
then I don't need society to tell me or to justify why I'm doing it or why I'm not doing it. If if I'm if me and my wife say, yeah, we're gonna split the bills fifty fifty, and we're happy with us splitting the bills fifty fifty, then let us be happy. That's our business. It's none of nobody. One hundred percent. I think the issue. Uh, this is what I'll say about this situation and what Gabrielle Union said. I think if it is a, a major issue, I think it is an issue because of what is going on or what has gone on with Dwayne Wade and his now um, girl, Zaya, uh, mm-hmm. with that transition. And it really came to light when Gabrielle stepped into the relationship with Zaya and Dwayne Wade. And I want to say, I'm not going to say force that hand, um, but it seems that's what it seems like to the public is when she stepped in, all of this came to light. And now we want to try to vil- villainize her. And when we, again, we don't know that situation. We don't right. know what was really going on. And so from that point on, anything she says seems disingenuous. And it seems like she's forcing and trying to put herself back into the limelight of Hollywood. I, I, I can somewhat agree with that. And the, and the, the other problem lies into is that we take too much stock into other people's situation. Mind yeah. your business. Mind your business. business. Their business ain't your business. I don't care personally what I'm, you know, we talking about it because we have the podcast and it's, you know, it's a hot topic at the moment, but I personally don't care if she don't pay none of the bills in the house. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't. Mean, they're both high income. They're both high. Yeah. No, you're good. Right, and, yeah, bro. and just to make the lines point, they're both high income earners. So they can both take care of themselves if they needed to, or they can take care of the other one if they needed to. It's, it's, it's right. cool. But at the same time, like, mind your business. Don't take right. someone's stock into the don't don't try to try to mold your relationship on a celebrity's relationship. You ain't got that kind of you ain't got that kind of money and you ain't got, got those kind of privileges. Be who you yeah. are and do what you got to do that works best for your relationship so it can prosper and move forward for, to the future. Yeah. I, I don't I don't give a fuck. My my problem honestly was the oh I I deserve to cheat because I'm the breadwinner, but now it's oh no, it's 50-50. Me and D Wade do this and I'm so frustrated. Like nah, that that was my problem. Yeah. But and their relationship itself was do yeah. your thing 50 50 it right. is my nigga shit do your thing right right so the the big topic one of the big topics of the week that we're going to discuss today is john morant back in the news once again for brandishing a gun uh on instagram uh so john morant while in the car with his friends on instagram live rapping a song seen flashing a gun again sticks how do you feel about the latest gun incident for Jai. He, I just want Jai to stay out the way, man. Because he's, he, as we talked about before, he's trying to portray a lifestyle that he didn't grow up in. He mm-hmm. he came from a two-parent household. A, a, I won't say wealthy household, but upper, upper class household, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to a private school. He's not that guy. To, honestly, he's not that guy. But he has a lot of influence around him. I think he has a lot of yes men around him and kudos to his homeboy that was driving the car and actually tried to keep him from showing that gun on camera. He tried his hardest. He didn't realize what was going on, but he tried to save his boy. But I think he has a lot of influence around him, a lot of yes men around him that make it make it harder for Ja to stay out the way. And And from my viewpoint, if it was me, if I was Ja Morant, if I was on the verge of getting $233 million contract, if I was on the verge of that, I swear, and this is just my thought process, and I can't speak for Ja, because Ja is his own person. But if it was me, 
I'm staying out the way at all costs, bro. Like I can't, I'm, I'm focusing on my craft. I'm focusing on basketball. I'm focusing on making the Grizzlies better. And that's all that's that, that is my focus. Of course, I'm going to go out, have fun, do things with my family and my friends, but I'm gonna keep people around me who know the, who know that I have something worth risking and something worth losing. But at the same time, man, like, I just want y'all to stay out the way, bro, because you're losing power aid now. You're on the verge of losing Nike. You've already lost $69 million because once this thing came out, you were taken off the all NBA list. So that was one of your incentives to get $69 million. So you're losing money with this with, with this charade that you're putting on. And I'm going to call it a charade because this is not who he is. This is not yeah. Ja. So that's my thoughts on it, bro. What you think? What you, how do you feel about Ja and this whole, all these transgressions he's got going on? Uh, I just think you have to be smarter. Uh, it's only been two months since the first gun incident that we saw where he was in the strip club uh, and, you know, had a gun. I don't have, I'll say this. I don't have an issue with him having a gun. I At really all. don't have an, I really don't have an issue with him flashing a gun, honestly, because if we are talking about the current climate that we're in, when, major events or more traumatic events happen that deal with guns. It's always the back and forth of why we should have gun rights and why people should be able to have the ability to have guns. So if we're looking at simply, if, if the central idea, the central issue at hand is the gun, I don't have an issue with it because in other incidences, the gun is not the issue, it's the person. So with that being said, Ja has to be smart. <clears throat> I think in the first in the first segment, the first time we talked about this again, which seemed like it was only yesterday, it was right. two months ago when we talked about this, I said John needs to be smarter because he hasn't realized who he is. If this was me and you, or this was anybody else of the status that we are, and we're not, you know, we're not nobodies, but we're not John Morant, this would be looked at as oh, they just they just having fun, they just doing what they do. We are a whole 10 plus years older than Ja. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So Ja is being the average 23-year-old. And that's no knock on Ja. The average 23-year-old, um, studies have shown, don't have the full developed prefrontal cortex that will allow them to make those in, uh, intelligent decisions. It's not developed. The prefrontal cortex helps you to make decisions on the current situation with the current situation that you're in moving uh, moving in your life Jai has obviously Jai is 23 so he can't i'm not gonna say he can't but making decisions based off of his current life is not his strong suit right now because his, his prefrontal cortex isn't completely developed with that being said he has to be smarter uh, and understand recognize who he is so that he does not fall into this situation ever again because one time it's a mistake okay ja let's slap you on the wrist let's let's let you know that you can't do this moving forward two times it's a coincidence okay ja listen now you did this again and we're going to get into i'm going to ask you this question in a second we're going to have to the punishment is going to have to be a bit more severe if it happens again, Ja, that's a pattern. And patterns it's a character flaw are, at that point. Yeah, that's just who you are. Mm -hmm. And so now we're really gonna make an example of you. With that being said, Sticks, what the question I have for you is what is the punishment that you think the NBA will put down this time? Because last time it was an eight game suspension and 
the Grizzlies had already suspended him for three games. Um, and then when the, the NBA's punishment came down, they allowed that time to be implemented that the Grizzlies put into it to be implemented. So he really only served five, five games from the, suspension. NBA, mm-hmm. from the NBA. No money was taken from him. He went to rehab, he said, for uh, a week, which, you know, if he did, he did. But I don't think he did. No, You, you need more than a week for some, whatever rehab it is, alcohol, uh porn addiction whatever the case is you you gotta have you gotta have longer than a week it's gonna take longer than a week to rehab anyway what what do you think the the punishment is gonna be for ja just, just to go off of what you said a, a second ago man it's gonna have to be a little bit of a greater uh punishment for ja morant given the fact that like you said you 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 made you made the mistake mm-hmm. two months ago you apologize for it. You served. You, you served your time, which I think was was reasonable. I think the eight the eight games was reasonable. Um, came back, balled out in the playoffs, um, and now in your in, in your off season, you're making the same mistakes. It's got to be a greater. It's got. It's going to have to be greater. I would say. I would say they probably maybe double the suspension. Maybe give them a 15 game suspension this time. Um, mm. I think. I think the. I think what's really going to hurt him is the endorsements. Because he just dropped a shoe with Nike, and Nike has now dropped his first Jaw One just came out less than a month ago, right. and now you're still doing the same dumb things that you did that that you were doing that you said that you learned from and that you weren't going to do again. Now you're still doing it. Now the biggest thing is going to be, like I said, losing Powerade, which he's already lost, possibly losing Nike and whatever other endorsements that he might have. Because now this is looking this is looking like a pattern, like Delo said. It's looking like a pattern now. It's looking like you have a character flaw now that you clearly built over the past year and a half, clearly. And yeah. that goes back to what I said about influence. I think he's keeping the wrong people around him. And just to, and also to touch on what Delo said too, the prefrontal cortex, Lil Wayne, who we talked about in, in, in our small talk, he said he he did an interview as well, and they asked him about John Morant, and they and he said, "Do you respect him? Do you expect him to be responsible?" You right. know what I'm saying? Because number one, he's still a young kid making a lot of money. He's a, a global superstar who is just low low key just enjoying life. Like right. his his personal life has nothing to do with us. But the problem is that Ja is Ja. It's who he is. It's, it's who, who he is. It's who yeah. Ja is. And everybody looks up to Ja and Ja is looked at looked at as a role model, so to speak, to some kids. Some some kids now, this generation now, Ja Moran is their favorite basketball player. But right. so it's so it's one of those things where he just has to be a little bit smarter to, with, with the way he moves. But I think I think with the NBA and their punishment, I think it's going to be maybe double what they did last time. So he had eight mm-hmm. games. OK, we're going to suspend you for the first 15 games of the season and we might find you. 10 10 K mm-hmm. for what you did, whatever. But he just had, he has to be smarter, man. He has to be smarter because everybody in the world knows this ain't Ja's personality. This, this ain't what Ja was brought up around. This is not how he was raised. And now all of a sudden you want to be this thug and you even had gang members calling him out on social media. Like, bro, you need to stop throwing up them signs, bro. Cause that's, you don't know what you, you don't know where you could be or who could be around and kind of see that and be like, yo, what you, what, what you own. You know what right. I'm saying? So like he's putting himself in danger by doing all of these things that he's surrounded by. He's a product of his, he's a product he's a product of his environment and his current environment. His current environment. And yeah. again, that just goes back to what I said, man. He's just keeping the wrong folk around him. Bad influences, yes men. 
that not that that just are so happy to be around a superstar and they're reaping the benefits from it that they're just letting him do whatever he want to do. Yeah, Jada's that's cool. Flash the gun. Yeah, that's cool, man. Go to the strip club right after a loss. Go do in Denver. Do do what you do, bro. Because we gonna reap the benefits from it because you throwing the money, you paying for everything you got. He just keeping too many people bad influences around him, and he need to change that. He needs to change his current environment for sure. So I'm I'll address that last piece that you said first, and then I'll come back to what I think the punishment will be. Um, so if he if he does, which it seems that he does right now, if he does have those individuals that are just along for the ride and allowing him to be do whatever he wants to do, not really hold him accountable, then when he loses it all, they lose even more. Um, and the reason I say they lose even more because right now they're not doing anything, and they're well, I, it's perceived that they're, I won't say they're not. I know for a fact, but it's perceived right. that they're not doing anything. They're just along for the ride. Jai, you know, all right, Jai, we just took a loss. Yeah, let's go to the strip club. Let's let's throw money. That's Jai's money for the most part uh, that we know of um, that's mm-hmm. doing that. So those individuals that are around him that aren't um, holding him accountable and, you know, saying, Jai, listen, bro, you know, we used to do this, but we can't do this anymore. If they're not saying that, then, yeah, he has to get rid of them. But like you said earlier, the one that was actually recording and, and tried to, like, move the camera real quick when they noticed he had a gun, maybe his team is, you know, trying to hold him accountable. Sometimes you can't control the person who does, who, you know, who hold or is seen as the boss of the group. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can't control them. Sometimes you can't say anything to him. Maybe he does have a team in his corner that is allowing him to, or is not, you know, wanting him to be this person, but he just wants to, to do it. So then they're like, all right, well, I guess let's go along with it. It, it takes a special person to really be that that asshole, so to speak. It's like, mm-hmm. nah, bro, you, you, we're not doing this. I don't care what you say. And then not only hold the person that is the, the, the bag holder accountable in the group, but also everybody else. They, they got to hold them accountable too. And it, it's, it's like it's uh, the second in command – is usually the one that has the most power is usually the one that is the brains of the operation. And mm-hmm. John needs that person. John needs a, a strong second in command of the group. That's going to rally the troops and say, all right, listen, we, we, we messing up right now. John, you messing up right now. This ain't how I need to go. Um, as far as the punishment, I think the NBA is going to send a strong message uh, mm-hmm. about this. So it doesn't happen again. You said you think they're going to double it. I think they may, you know, if they double it, they're going to take a lot of his money. Um, mm-hmm. If if they don't double it, I think he might get 25-plus games. 25-plus, um, and, and on top of him getting 25-plus games, they're probably going to put a rule in place, similar to how um, when AI came into the league and you know he was wearing certain type of clothes and mm-hmm. then everybody else was wearing certain type of clothes and David Stern put in this dress code which was it it wasn't called the AI rule but it was dubbed the AI rule 100% um, I think I think they even put a rule in place um along with whatever's already in place to make sure like stuff like this doesn't happen and that the NBA continues to have a good image amongst its fans amongst the viewers across the world across in America and so that cuz the NBA and, and Adam Silver are pretty I want to say I'm not gonna say liberal. They're pretty progressive in their thoughts, and you know I, I agree. I want I want to say that they 
are 100% on the left side of things when it comes to gun control. Mm -hmm. And this does not send a good message to that base that they are trying to control their athletes and are in favor of gun control. So I think Mm -hmm. they send a a very strong message in this regard when it comes to Ja Morant. Um, It's unfortunate. But again, I say Ja has to be smarter moving forward. We said this two months ago, but we're back Mm -hmm. here saying it again. Ja has to be smarter in this situation uh, or in the situations that he puts himself in because of who he is, because of the status that he has as um, a professional athlete and the type of money that he has. Um, Mm -hmm. If he was me and you, again, this would not be a big issue But because it's Ja Mm -hmm. and because of the type of money he was set to make they're they're going to make an example out of them. They they love humiliating black celebrities and athletes. And so don't make it easy for them. Make it hard on them. Make them comb through to find stuff to mm-hmm. humili- humiliate you about. Don't make it easy for them. 100%, man. And just to go back, I I think I think I'm a little bit more I I think I'm a little bit of opposed to what cuz I I don't think they're going to take a lot of money from them. So I think he's I think the I think the NBA will look at what he's losing on the back end of this anyway from his endorsements to where if they do give him a, a if they do give him a a heavier suspension I think it would be more so games taking away what he loves more so than him actually losing a bunch of money from the NBA honestly because if they do find him I don't think it's going to be heavy but I would say if you it, I, I would be on the side of the fence with you as far as 25 games more so like a heavier fine as a heavier suspension as far as that's concerned but as far as a fine i think the nba is like you said is a little bit more progressive in how they do things as far as the league i think they'll look more into okay cool he's already lost this endorsement he lost this money already from not making it for t- being taken off the uh the all nba team he's b- probably about to lose nike he don't need to lose no more money so let's just take away what he loves and take away basketball and give him 25 plus games that's what i'm thinking but I could be. Yeah. We'll we just have to see. I, I think that, yeah, we'll have to see. I'll, you can rebuttal. Um, but I think they're, they'll wrap the suspension with without pay as well. Okay, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. All right, so let's keep it within the NBA. As we said a couple of weeks ago, the 2023 NBA playoffs have been spectacular this season with some surprise teams making a lot of noise. But the headlines we are reading about and watching for the legacies that are being created or diminished in the finals matchups uh, is starting as the finals matchups are starting to become clear. Six, what do you think or who do you think? the legacies uh i'm sorry what do you think the legacies of lebron jokic tatum and butler are after these playoffs are done i think so i think there's two people who are submitting a legacy and Mm -hmm. i think it's one person whose legacy is already cemented and i think Mm -hmm. it's one person whose legacy is stagnant so okay I'm going to start with the two people that I think is going to be cemented, which is Jokic and Jimmy Butler. Okay. Jokic, although I hate his game, I hate how unorthodox it is. I hate how sloppy it looks. I hate how ugly his game is on the court. But whenever you watch him play, and I haven't watched much Jokic this year because, of course, the Nuggets aren't nationally televised all the time. 
Um, right. I, I, me being on the West Coast, I see more Lakers, I see more Clippers, I see more Portland because I'm right here, right, right below Oregon, anyway, or right above Oregon. I'm sorry, and I see a lot of those games on TV when I do watch basketball during the season. But the little bit that I have seen of, of Jokic, he is a phenomenal player. No matter how ugly his game is, and with him winning back-to-back MVPs the last two years and almost won a third straight being the first one to do it since Larry Bird, which we talked about last two weeks ago. Yeah. He is if he was if he is to win an NBA title, I think he will cement his his I think personally, and I'm not saying he's the greatest of all time center, but I think he will cement his legacy as one of the greatest all-time centers to ever play the game of basketball. That's the first one. What, no, and I'm I'm gonna let you rebuttal. What you think about that? How do you feel about that uh, that legacy for for Jokic? So yeah, we we talked about Jokic two weeks ago, and we discussed him as we in the in the realm of him being one of the best centers of all time. Uh, at that time, I said that I didn't consider him one of the best centers of all time because being one of the greatest at if a position, but also just in general is a combination of individual accolades and accomplishments as well as team accolades and accomplishments. Um, And at that time, he was in contention, which we now know he lost the MVP race, but he was in contention, like you mentioned, to have or be named the MVP of the NBA for three years in a row. He lost that. Um, But he's been playing phenomenal in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he's been kind of up and down in these, these, finals but uh these conference finals but his numbers still look pretty good you know when the game is finished if he is to go on which is looking like they're going to beat the lakers or they're up 3-0 right now uh, mm-hmm. in the, in the Eastern, western conference finals if he is to go on to the finals and if they are to win that and then ultimately you know unless jamal murray continues to play how he's playing now because damn he's playing good he going um on. If he is to win a championship and a finals MVP as well, I think that cements him. To me, it moves him up in the top five. I'm not going to say he's the greatest of all time by no means um, because he still has work to do when it comes to that. But he is actually being able to watch Nikola Jokic play basketball more consistently. He does look very unorthodox doing stuff, but he is very good. That's what he does. Yeah. Um, so it changed it changed my mind a little bit just watching him more. Um and I think, yeah, he the cement definitely isn't wet, but he is cementing his position as one of the, the best centers, top five for sure, to me. Um, in my opinion, I'll make sure I say everything that needs to be said to make sure it's my opinion. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> um, Facts. In my opinion uh, of all time. I agree. I agree. And moving on to the next one, I think that the cement is kind of still wet. It's Jimmy B. Jimmy, Hemi mm-hmm. with the Jimmy or Jimmy Hemi, whatever they want to call him. Mm-hmm. Playoff Jimmy Butler is a thing, dog, because. Mm-hmm. Although we all know Jimmy Butler is a great player and he's been a great player for uh, for a lot of his career. First started off as a lockdown defender, now he's an all-around player for the Miami Heat. And he's kind of been that whenever he was in Philly. 
uh, whenever he was in Milwaukee for that one year, when he was in Philly for that one year, he was a team leader and he was an all-around basketball player. Minnesota. Huh? Minnesota. Minnesota. That's what I meant to say. Minnesota. Yeah, you're right. Minnesota. But playoff Jimmy is a thing because it seems like, for whatever reason, it seems like that Jimmy Butler be trolling when it comes to the season. But whenever it comes to playoff time, Jimmy Butler is outstanding, like averaging 30 points a game, um, 37 and 7 throughout the playoffs and carrying his team as far as he can go. And it's on Jimmy's shoulders. And he's got right now an eighth seed Miami Heat going against a two seed uh, Celtics team that. Everybody thought the Celtics was going to come into this. Uh, everybody, nobody thought Miami was going to get to this point number one, and then get into the Eastern Conference Finals and going against the Celtics. Everybody thought the Celtics was going to landslide Miami, but yep. not but whenever Jimmy. Are we exactly, we even said it. Yeah, we, we, get said our, it. we did our predictions. Philly, yeah, I mean it's still early. I mean it's only two zero as of right now. They play right. today. Cut yep. you off my bat. Now you go. But, um, you know, it looks like they have full control of this series. So they, they, it, it looks like whoever wins the Philly series, Philly Boston series, it's probably going to come out of the East. And it's Miami's not looking like that, that right now. But <laughs> Jimmy is because Miami, if my if Jimmy got something to do with it, if Jimmy got something to say about it, bro, it's not it's not happening. But Jimmy has been balling. Jimmy, if, if Jimmy gets to the championship and wins it. I think I think I think he will be cemented as one of the one one of the I won't say one of the greatest of all time, but it will it will boost his legacy so much as one of the best basketball players in the history of the game too. What do you think about Jimmy? So I think if Jimmy is to come out the East and if he is to win a championship as well as be the I mean you would assume he's going to be the Finals MVP if the Miami Heat are winning the championship. I don't see anybody else really being the finals MVP of that or the MVP of that team unless Bam or Duncan Robinson go off. But Jimmy is by far the best player on that team or the leader of that team for sure. So if mm-hmm. he comes out the East uh, and wins the championship, I don't think – I think it it definitely makes him a Hall of Famer. Uh, I believe so right too, he's, 100%. He's on, he's on the cusp of being a Hall of Famer or not because he, he, he doesn't – let me finish my thought. He's on the cusp of being a, a Hall of Famer. It's not really a guarantee that he'll be a Hall of Famer. But if he comes out the East and wins with the eighth seed Miami Heat team and seed. is the and is the Finals MVP, this cements his Hall of Fame career. Um, it, people are comparing him to Dirk Nowinski if he is to win this and that playoff run they had where they beat Miami that year in 2011. I don't think he should be compared to Dirk Nowinski because in Dirk's case, at least he had a a, a NBA or league MVP, whereas Jimmy mm-hmm. has never been in consideration. I don't think, to my to my recollection, not to my recollection, being, yeah, to being a, a MVP. But the playoff run itself, I can see it being compared to Dirk Nowinski. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, Dirk is number four or five, six, something like that. He's up there, top ten in scoring of all time. He has a league MVP as well and a finals MVP and an NBA championship. So I say all that to say, I don't think that makes Jimmy the greatest of anything really, but it does cement his hall of fame career. I I agree, man. And like you said, Presumably and, and I would, he's the final MVP. 100%. And I think, and, and just like you, just like Delon said, man, um, he doesn't have those individual awards, but if he like just like just to, just to kind of go off of what he said, if he does get that, 
championship, which is a team award, which Delon alluded to, is it's 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 a combination of individual and team. So if he does get that team award and with the championship and the individual award with the Finals MVP, he's been on multiple uh, All Defensive Teams. Uh, he's been in contention with for he's been in contention a couple of times for a Defensive Player of the Year, but never won it. But he has some individual accolades that he can lay on. But if he gets that those two things, then put those two things together. Hall of Fame career for sure, 100% for Jimmy. I think so. I think so. Mm -hmm. The next person who I think is the the legacy is stagnant is Tatum. Mm -hmm. Because his career is still young. His his career is still very, very young. He made it to the finals last year. Unfortunately, Steph Curry was on the team that he lost to, unfortunately. Uh, But made it to the finals last year. And... He's on the on the, he's in the Eastern Conference Finals again this year with the Boston Celtics, and to make it to another Finals would be he. It's like we're just waiting on on Jason Tatum to to win it, or to we waiting on Jason Tatum to take that next step as a superstar. I think he's a star in the league. I don't think he's a superstar, and I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of I've seen a lot of conversations around how many superstars is it in the league. I think it's like four, five or six maybe superstars in the league right now. Jason Tatum is yeah. not one of them. But he's on his way to becoming a superstar. He's, he just needs, he's he's definitely budding into a superstar in the league, and I think he's stagnant. He just needs that extra. He needs that extra thing to push him over the top to NBA superstar. And I think him winning the championship would do that, and it would unstagnate his his uh, legacy and move it to the next level. What you think about Jason Tatum? I think if they lose this series uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals, with them being the two. And um, Miami being the eighth seed, I think it severely stains. I, okay, I shouldn't say severely. I think it stains Jason Tatum's legacy, and he'll have to do outrageous things team-wise in order to unstain that that legacy. Um, it's unfortunate that we're in this era where, as individuals, team accolades weigh so heavy on your legacy. But that's just how we that's where we're in. So I, I agree. I think his I think his legacy is stagnant right now just because he is so young and he does have time to because he what he's only 24, 25, 24. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So he still has a lot of time if he plays another 14 years like LeBron, then and be 38. Then he has a lot of time to win championships, to add to this individual accolades, to get a league MVP if he wins a championship, finals MVP. So he still has time. Mm-hmm. But if they can't get out of this series as the second seed and lose to the Miami Heat, who are the eighth seed, um, I think it, it stains his career and he'll have to do outrageous things moving forward. Because, I mean, he he's just he's streaky. Um, yeah, 100%. As we saw, you know, the Philly series – he didn't play great, but then game seven when they needed the most, he had 51 points and looked like he could throw the the, the hoop was an ocean to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then now he's not playing bad in the Eastern Conference Finals, but the team isn't winning. He's he's averaging like 30 points or 32 points in this series, but the team's not doing well. And like I said, it's unfortunate that we as a fan, we as fans have made a person's legacy so heavily tied on team the team success. accolades. Mm-hmm. But that's just where we are. And I, I think I, cause I know where we're about to go. We're about to go to LeBron. Mm-hmm. I think that we need to blame those that came before LeBron 
the Jordans, the 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 Kobe's, the Barclays, the Shaqs, those individuals we need, or um, you know, the Malones, all those individuals, we need to blame them for how we view a, a great player or not. Because now, is if you don't have a championship, you can't be considered a great player. It seems like even though, right? Like we we talked about with Jokic, two MVPs putting up crazy numbers as far as, um, you know, for a center. And he's not really considered in the eyes of many, I won't say, because we, we're getting comments about how good he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to watch Nuggets games and whatnot. Right, exactly. But but I, I would say in most people's opinion, you know, these two individuals, Jokic and um, Jason Tatum, while they are great individuals because they don't have those team accolades, they're they're not superstars, and Jokic is probably a superstar. But yeah, no, yeah, for sure. We don't we don't want him to be a superstar. Yeah, it, the public didn't want does not want Jokic to be a superstar. And although he is one hundred percent, he's one of the two people that we're talking about right now that are superstars in the NBA. Um, yeah. And I think, like like you said, I think he the, the the team accolade with Boston. Like I said, they made it last year. They're on the they they can possibly make it again this year, and. It, it just it just sucks that like D'Lo said, man, that one a, a singular person on the team who is the star of the team, Jason Tatum is the star mm-hmm. of the Boston Celtics between him and J- and Jalen Brown, but Jason Tatum is definitely the top. Who, who? No, I said Jalen Brown. Oh, Jalen Brown. Yeah. Now uh, he is the star of the team, but you need all. F- it's five people on the court with with four other people on the court with uh, Jason Tatum. You need all four of the people to do their role and to play their part and handle their responsibility for the team to win. It's not just Jason Tatum taking going one on five and the Celtics are going to win the b- basketball game. So, right. but like you said, we do need we do need to blame them that they, they blame the uh, you know the ghost of NBA past because mm-hmm. although say Charles Barkley didn't win a championship, but he's one of the greatest players of all time. Carl Malone, John Stockton, these guys who were at the top of the league every single year whenever they were playing, but well, not every year because whenever Carl Malone, I would, to, to I, would league, I would argue but, that. But, <laughs> what's, your, what's your argument? I would argue that Charles Barkley is not considered one of the greatest of all time because he doesn't have a um, a ring. That, 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 that's a, what I was saying, though. That's what I was saying, yeah. though. He he's still one of the greatest players of all time, but we consider him not to be because he didn't win a championship. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. That's what that's, that's what I was, that's what I was saying. So it's you gotta you gotta look individual accolades and team accolades should I, I think should be separate. But since you're on that team, you're gonna get the you're gonna reap the benefit of winning that championship because you were on that championship team and you played a part to win that championship. So I understand why it's lumped together, but in, the individual can somebody can be one of the greatest players of all time without. The team success, if that makes sense, without yeah. the team success. Um, now moving on to our boy, who we find out a way every single week every to week. talk about on the podcast, is our boy Bron. I think Bron's legacy is cemented already. I mean, mm-hmm. anytime that you got somebody who's being considered the greatest of all time and is in that argument for the greatest of all time, has already cemented that legacy. LeBron, even if he gets swept, even even if the Lakers get swept. And I say, you see how I said he gets swept and it's a team thing. Even if the Lakers get swept against the Nuggets tomorrow night, that doesn't stain LeBron's legacy at all to me. Uh, LeBron has already won four championships, in my my opinion. I'm going to say all the right things to make sure everybody understands this is just our opinions. But 
in my opinion, it doesn't stay in LeBron's legacy at all if he gets swept by the Nuggets tomorrow because he's already won four championships. He's already got multiple MVPs. He's already won multiple uh, uh, um, finals MVPs. He's been on multiple all NBAs, all defensive teams. He's got the resume for one of the greatest of all time players. I'm not going to say the because I know know what the conversation is going to be like, but he's got the Mm -hmm. resume for one of the greatest of all time players in the NBA NBA history. Scorer of the league. You see what I'm saying? He has everything. What else does LeBron need? A fifth championship will put him on par with the Kobe's of the world and having the fifth fifth ring. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. he has what he needs to have that resume to be considered one of the greatest players of all time. So LeBron's legacy is already cemented. He's he's on a path right now where I'm a player year with my son. And I'm getting that's what I see when I when I watch yeah. him on the basketball court. I feel like he you can you can kind of tell LeBron the 38 is catching up to him a little bit in this series. Mm-hmm. You can tell that he's kind of lost a little bit of a step, and that's all, boy. He's still he's still averaging 23 seven and seven in the playoff and in this series. So it's not like he's still not a, a productive player in the NBA or in this series or in the playoffs, but. I think he's just on a path where it's just like, I've done everything I needed to do. I'm considered 1A, 1B, depending on who's arguing. So it's like, what else do I need? Like, what else do I need? What do you think about LeBron? I mean, I, I, in my opinion, I believe his career, his legacy is cemented as well. Um, but I'm going to argue what the public is going to argue. This is going to severely stain LeBron's career if he is, in fact, to get swept. Even if he gets the gentleman sweep of five games. Is going to say in his career just because he is the only individual in the history of basketball shit for the history of sports to still be um, ridiculed and praised or you know whatever the case is at the age of thirty eight. I guess Tom Brady. You could say Tom Brady. A little bit, yeah. Category Facts. as well um, to to be heavily scrutinized and heavily ridiculed for the success or the not success of the team um, when he's in year 20 of his career. So I think if LeBron is going to, if they do lose, if he doesn't get to the finals, if they don't win the championship, this, this stains his career, um, his legacy, and he'll have to come back again next year and try to win a championship and maybe even be league MVP or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's public opinion. My opinion again is no, I don't think it it uh it stains his career. LeBron has done everything he needs to and more in this career, in his career in his uh, in the NBA. He's came into the league with high expectations. He's met and surpassed those expectations. So to me, no, this doesn't stain his career. He's done everything he needs to do. Um, to to do it it just looks bad late in his career um, mm-hmm. still being such a high volume and heavily counted on player for the end of the Los Angeles Lakers to lose or not win the championship but we have to remember that they are the seventh seed even mm-hmm. though that trade at midseason or the trade deadline drastically changed the momentum and the trajectory of the season they are the seventh seed so they don't have home court advantage and never have home court advantage in the playoffs. Even when they played the Warriors, who were the sixth seed, they didn't have home court advantage. So, um, no, I don't think it. I don't think it hurts his career. But we know public opinion is going to say different. So we'll go with that, or I'll go with that. Yes, it's going to stay in his career. 
Yep. So quick prediction, D-Lo, since we done talked about the four people whose careers are cemented, stagnant, or going on the rise. Yep. Who's 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 uh who's winning the championship, bro, bro? If the Nuggets keep playing how they're playing right now, it's gonna be the Nuggets, and I say it'll be a toss up depending on which Jamal Murray shows up between Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic as the finals MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, now, with that being said, so I, I, my opinion is I think the Nuggets are going to win. Two weeks ago I said I think the Nuggets are going to win, but I want the Lakers to win. Um, so that that's my, my call. But I could see the Miami Heat winning as well with a team effort um and you know playing lockdown defense against the the nuggets and uh jimmy butler being the mvp but my pick is i'll just say it one more time to nuggets and a toss-up for mvp between nicole Jokic and jamal murray depending on which jamal murray shows up for sure i think as, as much as i would love a lakers celtics championship it ain't happening. <laughs> it ain't mm-hmm. happening. Um, the Nuggets are going to close out this series in the next, it, either tomorrow or or Wednesday, um, depending on you know what Lakers team show up tomorrow. Um, and I think today Jimmy Butler is going to eh, this the, the the Boston and Miami series is a little bit different because that's th- those are two evenly matched teams. The Nuggets far outmatch the Lakers. Far outmatch the Lakers. Say that. They I do, say bro. That. They do, bro. Just looking that. at that. Look at look at the court, bro. We talked about it yesterday when we were watching the game, dog. Nobody can. Nobody is banging with the big body of Jokic. No, but uh, Lakers is not really a banger, though. Michael Porter Jr. is too tall for a lot of those for a lot of those people trying to guard him. Murray is going off; he's killing Schroeder and whoever's guarding him too. Even Bruce Brown coming off the bench and killing people. They they are far overmatched, bro. Just looking at that game, the Nuggets far overmatched the Lakers. The only people that's going off for the Lakers is AD and LeBron. That's it, dog. Nobody else is is handling them. You can look at it and see. Well, I think Reeves Reeves has played played well, but he ain't guarding nobody. I think Reeves has played well this series. I think um, the X factor is uh, Jamal Murray. Um, I think this is my opinion. I think the experience of Darvin Ham has shown itself. He's he's done well these playoffs. I can see that. Um, But his adjustments, so we thought we found something or the Lakers thought they found something by putting Rui Rui on um, Jokic and letting AD roam well that hasn't fared well because now they're just saying okay well you you got a quote unquote answer for Jokic but you don't have an answer for Jamal Murray and in mm-hmm. current time the defense has fallen apart because you have pieces together that haven't really played together often mm-hmm. uh, in the playoffs or just in general so it's a lot of miscommunication I'm going to go on record and say a lot of the times when somebody is getting a wide open layup, it's LeBron's fault because he's watching, you know, he's roaming, but he's, his eyes aren't, he can't see the, his man in his peripheral. So they get away from him um, because he's watching the ball and trying to help where he can help. But um, I don't think they're, I still like to say, I don't think they're outmatched. I just think they're being out coached and the nuggets after that, drought that they put on the Phoenix Suns 
realized, oh man, we can we can really do something. And from that point on, I mean, they've been playing you think they hungrier. The you think they're hungrier than the Lakers? I, I think I think they smell it. Yeah, I think I think they smell it, and the Lakers just expect because they made it this far that, and they have LeBron, they have AD, that the Nuggets are going to lay down, and that has not been the case. In current time, not the Nuggets the like they they've stood up and done what they need to do. And then I think, like you said, with the Miami-Boston series, I do think they're pretty evenly matched. They're similar mm-hmm. stature team with height. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the only thing is I would say Boston has two superstars or two stars, whereas Miami only has Jimmy Butler. So, um, but, I mean, you could put Bam in there, but I wouldn't yeah. put Bam and Jalen Brown on the same sentence. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. But Yeah, so – so yeah, so I think I think it's gonna be a Nuggets and I think it's gonna be a Nuggets in in, in Miami finals. And mm-hmm. as much as I wanna as much as I want to say Miami, because I want Jimmy to get that joint, bro. I want Jimmy to get it because he he has played so phenomenally. He's literally carried his team through this playoff run. I want him to get it just to have that Cinderella story, but at the same time, for an eighth seed to win a championship. I don't even know. How, I don't even know if that's even happened before. I I haven't even looked into it honestly, but for AC no. to win a championship in the NBA, which has probably never happened before, I want that to happen for Jimmy. But I think it's going to be a Nuggets. I, I think Jokic is going to get his his first championship. He'd be cemented as one of the greatest centers of all time, and he's most likely going to win the Finals MVP. That's my prediction. Okay, that's my prediction. All right, so the San Antonio Spurs have won the right to the first draft pick of the 2023 NBA draft and inevitably will draft the one of the most anticipated selections in quite some time in Victor Wim Ben Yama. Six, what are your thoughts on how teams are selected to be the first pick? And what are your thoughts on how you think when Wim Ben Yama, hope I'm saying his name right. Wim Ben Yama, I think he's saying it right. Yeah. I'm going to just we'll call it, I'm going to just, I'm just gonna call him Victor W. I'm gonna call him Victor W. for okay. the rest of this because <laughs> I ain't trying okay. to say that too many times. I'm a little, little, little tongue tied. But Wim Wim Banyama, that's his name. But Victor yeah. W. I think Victor yeah. is. I think so. The first part of your question, I think th- there's a lot of conspiracies going around with the NBA draft itself, and how for some years now the draft has been rigged, and. Mm-hmm. A lot of people point to one specific draft was whenever Patrick Ewan was drafted, and they say that the the envelope was in the freezer so it can be cold to the touch whenever um, David Stern reached into the reached in, into the to the pot for the for the envelopes. And they also say that just in case it did warm up under the lights and in and in the pot for, for whenever he reached in, and he didn't feel the, the warmth. They also said that they creased one of the edges of the envelope that had the Knicks uh, pick in there so he can feel that creased edge and pull out the Knicks. A lot of, a lot of conspiracy theories also say that a lot of, a lot of the reason why the, the draft lottery is fixed is because a lot of these like, 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 uh, like Victor or like LeBron or like Patrick Ewan or these guys who are, who are, prodigies of you know coming in as one of the highest anticipated the most most anticipated or highly anticipated people are coming to the nba they need to go to bigger market teams or teams with uh better organizations to be able to build around that person and a lot of a lot of people say that that's that's one of the conspiracies and it was between the rockets and the 
and the Spurs to have the the biggest odds to get the first overall pick. It was a gentleman I sent Delon the picture. I mean, not the picture, but the post or the reel on Instagram where he 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 posted it four hours before the draft and predicted that the San Antonio Spurs were going to get that first that first round pick because San Antonio is a bigger market than Houston, and they have a better organization and better coach than what Houston has at the moment. Now we are going to get into it in a second, but they're Houston just hired another coach. Yeah. That, that I didn't mean to stop you. I would that I would definitely argue is San Antonio a bigger market than Houston. I would say hell no. Like, as far as as far off, as off. well well, I, I guess I guess whenever they say market, they say fan base. I suppose, but that's just that's mm-hmm. just okay. I'm, I'm just going off of what you. I'm reading, right? Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. and when I and, and another thing I say it, it, when, when it re, in regards to market is you know team success over the past decade, of course. The San Antonio Spurs have had more success than the Houston Rockets over the past decade, right? So, and they're they're on a they're on a little bit of a decline now with you know a lot of their bigger stars and your Tony Parkers and your Tim Duncan's and Manu Ginobili's. They've retired over the past few years, and you know, uh, Pop ain't the same coach as he was because he doesn't have that same talent on his team, and he was able to build around those three big that that big three that he had to win those championships in the past decade. Um, but now they're in a little bit of a decline and they're one of the worst teams in the NBA. They, I, I believe, I don't believe this and I'm not a conspiracy theorist myself, but it's a lot, it's a lot of, it, there's some truth to some conspiracies. And with this, with that being said, the the Spurs got that first pick. Now, as far as Victor is concerned, I think he'll be a good player in the NBA. Um, he is a seven, two, he's a seven foot two guy. It's very very slim build, which he's going to have to put some weight on eventually because he's a skinny cat. But he right. has he's a seven foot two guy with guard like talent, and he's it's kind of a la what they were talking about with Anthony Davis when he came into the league because he was a guard whenever he was younger, and then he just shot up to six foot ten, and he had he still had those same kind of skills being being a guard in his for when he was a little bit shorter. So it's kind of a la that kind of story. Um, and I'm not saying that to compare him to AD. I'm just saying that with the skills, with the skill set. But he's one. He's he is definitely a generational talent. And looking at his stats, because he's in France, so looking at his stats over the past over the past season, he's been averaging 25 points, 10 rebounds, three blocks a game, a couple of assists. But he's the focal point of that team, and he's the guy mm-hmm. that's going to make or break whether or not that team wins or not. Um, but he is definitely a generational talent. And I think he is one of those guys who is going to be. If he pans out the way he way he should, where everybody's expecting him to, and honestly, if he puts on some weight, I think he'll be a beast. To be perfectly honest with you, what you feel about those two questions you asked? How you feel about the draft lottery? How do you feel about Victor? So going off of what you sent me the other day and talking about the draft being rigged, it would only make sense if it is rigged uh, because the NBA is a business, and mm-hmm. at, like all businesses, you want to make sure that your best markets have the best products or have Mm -hmm. the most product, so to speak. Um, But in this case, it would be the best product. And so to me, if you have a decent market um, that is struggling and you, you know, falling from graces, it only makes sense to make sure that that market has a star or what is the person that is seen to be the star coming into the league, go into that market above all the other smaller market teams or poorly ran teams of the league. Um, So, that it only makes sense to me. Now, the flip side of that is if the draft is rigged, going again, going off of conspiracy theories, then that plays into what we've talked about all year but never really discussed on this podcast is the script. Mm-hmm. 
the script is already in the NFL, but now, but now it's going it's going all over the place. Everybody talks about the script, and so and, and you know you have conspiracy theories all the time that say that professional sports in general, not just professional wrestling, is is rigged because it's all about the the circus or you know the Roman times. You talk you know you want to distract the public from knowing what's going on with their leaders and what's going on in the world, then you send them to the Coliseum to watch the, the, uh, the, the Catholics fight against the lion or them killing each other and whatnot. So if, if the draft is rigged, then I'm not, if, if that is true, again, it's conspiracy theory. Um, but if it is true, then it's not far-fetched to think that games aren't rigged here and there. And if games are rigged, then that infuriates me because I no longer want to watch basketball because it, it takes the, or, or any sport from that for matter. It takes, cause it takes the, it takes the essence of what sports is all about out of it. Um, but I mean, you know, it, that's a lot of pieces to have choreographed in order to, to rig something. I mean, I know the refs play a big part in everything when it comes to professional sports, but, to talk about the draft, get back to the draft specifically, I can understand why the NBA would rig the sport or rig the draft because of, you know, trying to make sure that their best markets have the best talent. Yeah. Now, as far yeah. as Victor Wim Benyama, I know I said that right because I enunciated all those words, um, <laughs> all of those syllables. <laughs> right. I, I think. I, I don't want to be like most pundits that uh, said Kevin Durant wouldn't be a good player, NBA player when he came out because of his stature. But it's hard not to fall into that category again. Um, he he is very slight. Um, he does have some exceptional skills. He is 7'2", playing like a guard. So it's hard not to... But he is small, so it's hard not to say he's going to struggle in the league when he's been playing professionally in France. He's in France right now. Yeah, he's been mm-hmm. playing professionally in France for some time now. And we, as we've seen with those players that have been playing professionally across the water and then come to the league, that they do pretty well. Luka a la Luka. Yep, uh, exactly. A la Luka Doncic, a la Nikola Jokic, a la Dirk Nowinski a la Tony Parker. So, I mean, we, we've seen uh, Manu Ginobili. We've seen individuals come over that played in professional, uh, played professional across the water overseas that might not fit the ideal build of what an NBA player looks like, but they grow into their bodies and they turn out to be great players. So I don't want to fall into the, the pundit, you know, what media pundits back in the day with uh, Kevin Durant said because of his size that he wouldn't be good and now Kevin Durant has been widely considered, you know, for the better part of his career, one of the best players in the game. Uh, I don't want to fall into that. Uh, I will say, I think it is going to be hard for him to live up to the expectations of what he can be, though, uh, or what he should be, what people think he should be, because he is highly touted right now. Everybody's saying he's the next, he's the savior of the NBA, um, that he's going to do this, he's going to do that. There's only one person, and we talked about him earlier, that I know of that had such high expectations coming into the league, and he's met and surpassed those expectations. And you can say what you want to about LeBron James, but he 
most definitely met and surpassed the expectations of who he was supposed to be coming into the league. Mm-hmm. That is a tough. Exactly. That's a tough task to do. You can't. I. I. I don't think many people can do that. I don't think many people can meet and surpass the expectations that have been placed upon them. And it takes a special individual to go through the trials and tribulations that you have to go through and still overcome them. Now, or just you know take all of the beating that you get or the hate that you'll get because of what the expectations will be. Because one small little mishap or one small mistake and everybody's at your neck, oh, I knew you wasn't great. I knew you couldn't do this. I knew you couldn't do that. You got to be really strong-minded to, to deal with all that. So and I'm and so I say he won't meet those expectations, but that's not to say he won't be a good NBA player. He still could be a good NBA player, but I don't expect him to meet and surpass the expectations that have been placed upon him. Yeah, and 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 by all means, I want and I I, I say I share the same sentiment as you. And by all means, I want Victor to prove us wrong. I want him to be that guy. Right. But it, like he like but like he said, like Delon said, man, it's hard to come into the league with such high expectation and constantly every year for twenty years get such high and heavy criticism. And still carry all of that on your shoulders, and still go out and play basketball with no hiccups that we know of, right. that we had that, that we right. know of, with no hiccups that we know of, and raise a family, have a prosperous NBA career, do everything that you're doing in the in your community, and still live up to the expectations that you had whenever you were coming into the NBA. And like Delon said, man, Victor is touted as the NBA savior and who's going to save the league. That's the highest of the high expectation, dog. So, like, right. nobody can expect we we can't sit here and expect Victor Wimbenyama to save the league. We can't expect him to do that. We can all we can only expect him to do what he's supposed to do: go out there on the court and show where he show and show improve. And if he ex- far exceeds those expectations, great career for him. But I think he's going to be an awesome right. and amazing basketball player. I have no doubt about that. Um, and like Delon said, man, we gotta we gotta kind of get out of that that Kevin Durant mindset. Like, dog, that dude came in damn near seven foot and frail, and that's what that's what right. Wimbyama is doing. Same exact thing. But K, if he can do what KD has done, great career, bro. One hundred percent great career. Great career, exactly. It's just he has more career. expectations than KD does. So one hundred percent. I'm going to say, I'm going to say he's not going to live up to those expectations. But if he has a KDS career or if he has a career anywhere close to that, yeah, he's had a great career. Great, great career. All right, so last month, Ime Udoka made news as he was named the head coach of the Houston Rockets. Uh, Undoubtedly, there has been murmurs about the Rockets' decisions to make Udoka their next head coach. So, Sticks, how do you feel about Ime and his head coaching position with the Houston Rockets? So we've talked about Ime about three or four times on the channel. Uh, one of those channels being one of our our best channel, uh, best video on the channel. Um, but it was talking about that whole situation that happened with over in Boston. And mm-hmm. back then, when we talked about Ime, we talked about how he, you know, how he definitely deserved a second chance. Of course, he's going to be punished for his uh, for his transgressions and everything that he did while he was with Boston, you know, having that affair with that young lady. Um, 
But we definitely we definitely said that he deserved a second chance, and he is getting his second chance right now with Houston. Now, the thing that the thing that I want to make sure that I point out, and this is just my opinion, and this is just something that I wanted to state, is that I hope that the court of public opinion doesn't. I, I'm hoping that everything that happened in Boston eventually fizzles, because this man is getting a second chance at his coaching career. Uh, it was his first chance in Boston. Yeah, he effed it up. Yeah, he did what he did. But he does deserve the second chance that he's getting here in Houston. I just hope the court of public opinion stays off his back about what he did do and allow that man to move forward and change his ways and take this team the same way that he took that Boston Celtics team. Because it it, it honestly makes it, it – how can I say this without sounding redundant? It, it makes no sense for us as the public to, just like we talked about at the beginning of the episode, mind your business. <laughs> mind your business. It's none of our business what that man does behind closed doors. Did it come out publicly? Yes. Did Boston handle it the right way as far as how they brought all the information out? Me and D'Lo said in that episode back in the day, no, they didn't handle it the right way. But they made sure that everybody knew what was going on and what was going to happen to Udoka moving forward. Now that he's in Houston... As, as long as he keeps his nose clean, and as long as he t- as long as he picked this, this this team had this the was tied for the worst record in the NBA this past season. As long as Udoka makes progress with this team, keeps his nose clean, or at least if he does do anything, which I hope he doesn't, just <laughs> make sure you do it in your own private in your own private time, my boy. But just make sure that you you're doing what you need to do with Houston and making sure that team gets better and making sure that team gets to. Where, where what your plans are with this this organization now a lot of there's there's a lot of things going around too that what we talked about in earlier segments about Udoka was that he's had this, this people were saying that he's had this problem with every organization that he's been in Houston needs to be a clean organization Ime. Houston needs to be a clean organization you you a man you're gonna do what you do but just make sure it's not with the with the Houston Rockets organization bro but I'm glad that he got this 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 next opportunity because he definitely deserved it. And I think that Ime, with his defensive prowess and the way that he coaches, he's a, he's a no nonsense coach, which we talked about before. He's a no nonsense coach. He knows how to gather, how to rally the troops and get them to follow his lead. And I think that Houston is going to be a better team than they were in the past couple of seasons. Dilo, what you think? So you already said we both agreed that the Boston Celtics handled that situation entirely wrong. You already said that we agreed that the he deserved a second chance, which he uh, almost got with mm-hmm. the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. I believe they were on the way to finalizing a deal with him, and then for whatever reason, the the situation was too fresh, or whatever the case was, they decided not to you know sign him as their head coach. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, giving the job to to Jock Vaughn. Um, he is getting a second opportunity now with the Houston Rockets. I'm glad. He's getting this opportunity uh, because, like you said, he needs a second chance. Everybody messes up in life. We all fall short of where we're supposed to be. We all fall short of the Lord, to be biblical. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we all deserve second chances. And with this second chance, he has the ability to take a team that is kind of similar to the Boston, Boston Celtics team, other than they don't have that you know, de facto star on the team. You know, we pretty much knew Jason Tatum two years ago was 
you know, a star in the league. Mm-hmm. He wasn't what he is now, but we knew he, he was a star in the league. Houston doesn't really have that, but they have the same type of team. It's a young team. They have some, you know, one or two pieces here and there, and they could be in playoff contentions. I'm not going to say they're going to be in the NBA Finals because that's that's a tough task in any regard. Any franchise you take over in any sport to say that you are 100% going to the NBA Finals or you're going to the, the championship game of that league, that, especially especially going that, from 19 win team to NBA finals is kind of crazy. But I ain't gonna right, cut you off. But go right. ahead. Yeah. No, 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 all good. But to say that though, you know, that's a, that's a tall order. But they definitely can make it to the playoffs. They showed, you know, the last part of the year that they could be a good team by beating the type of teams that they were beating. They beat the Lakers after the trade deadline. They beat um, they beat the the. Oklahoma City Thunders, who was a playoff team. They weren't a great team, but they were a playoff team. They beat the the Minnesota Timberwolves, I believe, after uh, you know at the end of the year. So they they have what they need to be a good team. I just don't think the coaching was the right fit or whatever it was. They just weren't a good team when it all was boiled down, but all came down to it. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad Eme is getting this opportunity. Um, I I think that winning will cure it all so you know when he gets to when he gets to the point of coaching i think it'll it'll be a lot of chaos a lot of murmuring around him uh, around the franchise it, the, the the media the public is not going to let this go there you have your different camps as with everything you one camp me they should have put the woman's name out there along with them they should have did this they should have did that he didn't really do anything wrong per se except for the morality of, of the situation, but the Boston Celtics handled it wrong. You have another camp that's going to say, or that is saying, well, he was married or he was in a relationship with Nia Long and, you know, he went about it the wrong way. Um, he he should have never put his power into question by having that relationship with that woman. So it's definitely going to be a lot of turmoil and a lot of, chaos around the Houston Rockets organization, at least initially. But if Eme can be Eme, which it seems like he's trying to turn over a new page and, you know, be the coach and get back to the life that he wanted prior mm-hmm. to all of this scandal being released and they can win, it'll start to die down. Now, if it doesn't, they continue to be the franchise that they were this year, which, you know, if you're being realistic, you could probably expect it to be a little bit Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I mean, they do have the fourth and the twentieth pick this year, so mm-hmm. they could get somebody else. They're trying to trade up it. for a higher pick with that twentieth too, from what I saw. Right, so they yep. they could that could change the whole trajectory of the team depending on who they get. Um, but you know, you you shouldn't expect them to be a good a good good team this year. Um, but they'll they'll definitely I think they should win more than nineteen games. But if they don't, then the chaos will continue. The stories will continue to say. Oh, see, they gave him this opportunity and then, you know, just because of who he was as a coach and still not doing anything and the team can't handle all of the turmoil, all of the chaos, all of the buzz that's going around about their coach and not being focused on their game. So I'm glad he got the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Winning will cure all. So hopefully he's winning 
next year and you know this story can die down and we can move on to something else and stay out of email's business 100 percent, man and it's funny you said and, and that's a good point that you said too about how the rockets team is very very similar to what the celsius team was that whenever he was the head coach of the team is because they have two young stars boston had jason taylor and um, and jalen brown the um the rockets have jalen uh <clears throat> excuse me jalen green and jabari smith two really really young players mm-hmm. who are really good players not stars in the league yet but right. up and coming stars or up and coming players in the league that can become stars in the league and if they do the right thing with this fourth pick which i think they need a a, a big man power forward center mm-hmm. honestly myself but if they do the right thing with the fourth pick and they actually trade up to get a higher pick with that 20th pick that they have in the first round as well and get something with possibly within the lottery and get another key piece to the team i think that team can be very very good and it's funny that you know it's two that those two sides of the coin that D'Lo talked about, where if he's winning and they do better than they did last year, all that murmuring stop, dies down. But if they're the same team that they were last year, all those murmurs gonna get louder. They are gonna turn the volume up on those murmurs, and it's and all the, all of the the backlash and everything is gonna come right back again. So, like like D'Lo said, man, I personally hope he. I'm glad that he got the position, and I think with the type of coach that he is, this team is gonna improve. I mean, mm-hmm. to keep it a hundred, it's not. Well, I ain't gonna say that because the NBA is a different type of league. Like it's the highest, the highest level that you can get to in your in your professional career as a basketball player. But from 19 games to 30 games, right? They win it, right? You know, so if he wins more than 19 games, even if it's, well, I can't say if it's 20 because it's about the same. But if they if right. they do better than they did last year in the 23-24 season, I think he's gonna be it, everything is gonna be washed clean. Possibly, my opinion. Everything's going to be washed clean, and I think people are going to be able to move on from his transgressions in Boston. So congratulations to Ime Udoka. I uh, hope you do very, very well. Make sure you do well. Make sure you have some influence on those picks. And if you do have some influence, brother, make sure you pick well because y'all need a, y'all need a front court, dog. Y'all need a yeah. front court badly in Houston. So do what you got to do, man, and I wish you luck, my boy. I wish you luck. Yeah. The, the last thing I'll say about it is, um, you know, like we said earlier, Boston handled the situation wrong. And you, you, we both said that maybe he deserved to be fired, but uh, for that situation. But in the Boston Celtics situation, the actual organization that is now, it's the same roster. Um, it's the same same players. It's the only difference is the coach. Now they did struggle a bit, you know, before they actually turned it on and made it to the NBA Finals last year. But you, it leads you to think or ask the question if. Eme was there, would they be struggling how they are currently with the Miami Heat? Or would they be able to at least have the series? And the series is not over. It's, it's only 2-0. Mm-hmm. But you know, would they be? Would they have at least won one of those games that they lost in the first two games? Um, and then, again, we said that the, the Brooklyn Nets were going to hire them, and ultimately they did decide not to and went with Jagavon. Does Ime have the ability to keep that roster intact, keep those personalities intact, and we have a different um, Brooklyn Nets team right now? Do, is KD still there? Is Kyrie still there? Do they have a deep playoff run? Um, so, you know, you, you think about we, – we, we tend to go to the negative of things sometimes when talking about situations like this. But thinking about the positive or looking at the positives, what if – Ime was still in the Boston situation or if he was still the head coach. What if Ime was the uh, Brooklyn Nets head coach? 
at knowing what we know about what he did with the Celtics two years ago or a year ago, are those situations different than they are in their current state? I would bet, I would argue that they are. And so this is why we think he deserves a second chance because yeah, he made a mistake, but again, everybody makes mistakes. So I know he's looking to move past all of this and get back to what he loves to do, what he has been doing for the majority of his latter part of his life. So let's allow him to do that and remove all of the, let him remove all of that nonsense that happened and move past this as well. Agree, man. I agree with you hundred percent, G. My boy sticks episode 16 done. 16. Oh, I'm messed <laughs> up. 26, 26, two, six. I said yeah. 16, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's two six. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, how I say how I say sixteen, bro? Oh no, you said Come sixteen, on. but hey, that's why you got your boy right here beside you, my G. I got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blame it on the weekend. I'm blaming it on the weekend. The weekend that I had. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, but nah, episode twenty six done, man. How you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. I as we said before, we haven't done this. We haven't done this part of the uh, the the episodes here in a little bit. But I, I enjoy this doing this with you every single week pause um to where we can, we can you know come together as as brothers man and just have this um this banter back and forth and this talk man it is it 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 truly warms my heart to do this with you boy man like i said i love you boy you my dog and um 100%. we're gonna keep this thing going man the feelings are mutual and reciprocated my boy uh but this has been two complex podcasts we hope that you enjoyed today's show you can find us on all of your major podcast streaming services make sure that you subscribe to those channel to those podcasts so that you don't miss an episode also follow us on all of our social media platforms it is two complex pod on all of those youtube instagram and tiktok and remember if it ain't too complex it ain't complex at all we appreciate your support and until next time Salute. Salute.